love what that represents, and I, and I am convinced that what I believe overall is really good for the welfare of this nation. I'm for that. I, I believe that. But we have to remember, we have to, in, in all these things, in all these seasons, that there is another kingdom. There is another kingdom. And I, on Sunday, the, the message, the Lord willing, unless he changes my mind, the message I'm preaching on Sunday is a message that was already there, regardless of how this election turns out in the end. And what people need more than anything else is to know Jesus Christ. And, and God uses fluctuating times to help people become aware of their need for Jesus Christ. Yeah. And uh, you, you hear the, the missionary letter. You know, it's not exactly stable over there. And I, I had a... I got a report from him. He just he sent me some stuff, and uh, they they're going through a, another shutdown, more difficulty, a lot more difficulty just in day to day living than we're experiencing here. And yet, you see how people are coming to know the Lord. And, and so, God's work is still going on. And so, while we are concerned, and we should be, we also want to be eternally minded. And so, I just wanted. I, I, I made a mistake when I was pastoring in Louisiana, and I got, I got really fired up about an election. Not that that's wrong, but I didn't allow biblical truth to affect me the way that I needed to. And before we ever got to this one, like, Lord, your truth is going to affect me more than how an election goes. And that's right. That's right. I didn't say, don't, don't misunderstand, I am affected. I am concerned, but his truth is going to affect me more, is what I'm talking about. So, Revelation 19, this, I want to remind you of a really good truth. <laughs> Verse 11, and I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True. And in righteousness, righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no man knew but he himself, and he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood. And his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean and out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, and with it he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron, and he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. You read the rest of the chapter, and it, it's very gruesome because he lays waste. And it's not the army that is with him that lays waste. The army is with him as he lays waste. And he takes control. 
and establishes his authority. So there's two titles. This is fun. I hope you enjoy this. Number one, this is the one that's going to go on the sermon on YouTube, just so we know. I don't want the other one up there. <laughs> can hear it, forget about it. Number one, Jesus on a white horse. There's a difference in how he came the first time and how he's coming back the second time. Jesus on a white horse. Here's the other one. It's not Republicans or Democrats that win in the end. And we need to make sure that we remember who's in control. Lord, thanks for the time. And I just, God, I know your people are familiar with this. And I just, I want it as it has helped me today. And I just want it to be a help to your people. And obviously there are other things, other matters about which your word has something to say. But just even, even as so much is unknown and so much is uncertain, there are things that are certain, regardless of how all of this goes. And so we can trust you for that. And so I pray that you would help us to, in faith, live in light of what will be. And to keep that in mind as we navigate whatever is to come in the days ahead. So Lord, thank you for who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Thanks so much for standing. Where we pick up our reading, we're at the end of the period known as a time of great tribulation. Babylon is a term that you read about in the chapters leading up to this. And it is a reference to a political world system that has aligned itself against God. And at this, at, as this battle is ensuing, the world, for the most part, is the governments of the world. They are aligned behind the Antichrist and his false prophet. And uh, there, is an, a, there have been all of these different calamities that have been poured out upon the earth, and yet men are unrepentant, and uh, they have no desire to turn towards God. Now, here in chapter 19, is a time of culmination, and the armies of Satan being led by the Antichrist and the false prophet, which you see referenced in verse number 20, they come together in a, in a great battle against the Lamb of God. Now he is, and he did, and he always will be the Lamb who was slain before the foundation of the world. And when he came the first time, he came in meekness, he came in humility, he took upon himself the form of a servant, he was made in the likeness of men. He came to give himself. He came to serve. He did not come to be ministered to. He walked with the poorest. He was willing to meet with the wealthiest. He didn't have a place to call his own. The foxes have holes. The birds have nests. But the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. He came to give his life as a ransom for many. And that is what he did. And no man took his life. No, no army was strong enough, no government, be it Rome or any other power known to man, was strong enough to kill him. He had to be willing to lay his life down, and he did lay his life down. And then, as you know, according to Scripture, he was resurrected by the power of God, and he ever lives to make intercession for those who believe in him. But the story of Christ's involvement with the earth is not Done. Now, 
You read through the book of Revelation, and I, I don't mean this in, in a mocking way. It's out there. <laughs> okay, go home and read some of it with the lights off and a flashlight. <laughs> oh, man. Not bedtime story material here. No, it, it's, it's terrifying. And it should be because it is a, it is a time of great judgment upon the earth. And the one who, who came, the one who came as the, the savior of the world will come in judgment of the world. And in this chapter, we just have a brief mention of a battle that he is going to wage against a world system that has completely rejected him. I'm not going through all the verses. I just want to highlight some characteristics And then I want to draw out a couple of points that were an encouragement to me and I want to share with you. Uh, Number one, he's riding on a white horse that speaks to his superiority and to his triumph. And in scripture, especially in Old Testament times, even in how warfare was had in New Testament times, those who had horses possessed a superior strength over um, simply ground troops. The fact that the horse is white speaks also to, its, uh, uh, to his purity. Um, he's faithful and true and righteous. His determination, if you notice this phrase in verse um, number 11, and in righteousness he doth judge and make war, his determination is right. His decision to make war is justified. How many of you remember back um, to shortly after 9-11, and then all of the subsequent efforts to, to have military engagements, and there were those in Afghanistan, and then we had those in Iraq. And remember all the different discussions trying to justify war and whether or not they had these certain kinds of weapons and all of that. I mean, I, was, I just remember following that with great interest and concern and just the, how the battle in our own nation went back and forth. Is this warranted? Is this justified? And uh, there have certainly been times historically when either in our nation or other nations, there are different opinions about whether or not a specific military engagement was justified. But be sure that when Jesus Christ makes war with the armies of this world, it will be justified. He's faithful and true. It's not driven by some kind of land-grabbing, selfish ambition. But it's a desire for righteousness and for salvation. This is another characteristic in verse number 12. His eyes are of fire and many crowns are on his head. He's fierce and he is superior. Um, It's amazing how he's described in coming as the sacrifice. And then how he's also described in Revelation. Same Savior. But he's not just one way. He's not just a savior of grace. He's a savior of fierce superiority. It says in verse number 12, just an example of things I'm still learning. He had a name written that no man knew but, him, but he himself. Some say that's explained in verse number 13. Others say that it's actually reference to a name that is yet to be revealed. Here's my take on it. Don't know. I know that we'll find out. Verse 13. No, by the way, this is a good teaching moment. Don't get hung up in Scripture on things that you don't know. So many times people get off into some really weird stuff 
and get really frustrated and start following weird things because they get locked into things that they don't fully understand. Listen, I'm, I'm planning on, by the grace of God, studying the scripture until I'm 85, if the Lord lets me live that long, but I'm not going to know it all. It's gonna, I mean, there's going to be things in heaven like, whoa, okay, just be careful about that. Number four is vesture, or excuse me, verse 13, his vesture's dipped in, in blood, He's paid the price for that superiority. You say, hey, hey, how could Jesus come with such fierceness? Because he paid the price. And, and that sacrifice has been rejected. And so now he's bringing judgment with him. He, he's called the word of God. He's, he's the word of God in John 1, may, in, may incarnate. And uh, he is the manifestation of eternal truth. In verse number 14, his armies come with him. And I love this description. They're also on white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. The emphasis there being on the pronoun his and the last word clean. Meaning this, we belong to him. The, the army is identified in this way. We are his army. That, that's the identification. Um, and the significance of that is that they have been made clean. And you, you understand the significance being that we have been washed in the blood in which his vesture was dipped. Our sins have been washed away in the blood of his cross. And we are made a part of his by simply our faith in him. Verse 15, out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword. You think about all of the military advancements, it's simply going to be by the power of his word that he lays waste. You say, man, that, that, that seems so impossible. It's that same word that spoke in the stars, the sun, the moon, and the animals, the mountains, the ocean, the, the tides, and all of these things that are held together by the power of his word. That same word will lay waste to an army that is in opposition to him. So let me give you a couple of points, and then we'll make some application. Actually, three points. Number one, this will be. This will be. How many of you have a hope for how the election will be? Just raise your hand. Yeah, okay. How many of you just want it to be over? Raise your hand. How many of you will be thankful when we're not having to hear about elections anymore? Amen. Yeah, good. Yeah. Um, we can't control a whole lot of those things, and we don't, there, there's uncertainty. That's kind of the hard part about it, isn't it? I mean, that's one of those. Sometimes it's just like, can we please know and just move forward? Sometimes just that wait. Hey, with this right here, it will be. You say, I don't, I don't really understand how things that seem so so out there, so abnormal to what we're used to seeing and, and all of these things. I don't, I don't see how those things can happen because the same God that gave you life and created this universe and made salvation possible is the same God who will bring these things to pass. And so when you read about things like this that seem beyond the norm, you've got to understand it's the same God. The same God in John three sixteen is the same God coming back on a white horse. And brothers and sisters, if we believe that he can create the world and if we believe that he can bring salvation through death on the cross and being risen again, then it's not a problem to believe that he can bring these things to pass as well. You say, this just seems so out there. 
fine, it seems so out there, but it's the same God. And as sure as I believe that he spoke it into existence, as sure as I've called upon him for my own salvation and believe that faith in him brings forgiveness and justification and reconciliation to any heart, I am sure he is coming back in this way. Can I tell you, I'm happy about it. This will be, number one, the second point, there's only two sides to this. It, look, on Sunday, we're celebrating Veterans Day. And I'm thankful for our military. I got a mom and a dad who are in the military. I have grandfathers who served in World War II. I have a flag that was presented to my grandmother at my grandfather's funeral in my office with a picture of him in the Navy in World War II. I love this country. I vote how I vote on purpose. I had someone come up to me Sunday and say, like, hey, will you really tell me who you voted for? Like, yeah. I'm not not afraid of these things. I believe what I believe. I love this country, and I'm thankful for it. But in the end, when we get here, there are only two sides to this war. It's Jesus Christ and the world. And I believe that you can love. I believe any any person born in any nation should care about that nation I I believe that you ought to love the place and care for the people that God allowed you to be born out of and among of and greater yet you should care for the people of the world because God does but in the end there are only two sides it's Jesus Christ or the world number three there's only one outcome I was uh enjoying some historical political conversation with our kids. And I told you, we get into this, and I was, had uh, Al- Alexandra voted for the first time on Tuesday. It's fun. And I was just hyper at the polling booth. I'm like, I'm wanting to fist bump people. And I'm not asking them who they're voting for. I just, I love the expression of the country that we get to live in. I am thankful for this. I didn't go there mad. I'm taking selfies with Andrea and Alex, and then someone's like, hey, you want us to take a picture? Yes! This is awesome! Telling the voting workers, man, I appreciate you and thankful for you seeing people with stickers. I'm like, good job voting, and then I don't know how it was for you, but they said, what's your name? Jonathan, last name Pyle. Jonathan Pyle has voted. I'm like, yeah, I have. (laughs) Boom! Voted? No, that's right. No idea what the outcome is. Even less sure now. <laughs> it's, not, it's not Republican, Democrat, Independent, Libertarian. It's not Democratic Republic versus Socialist. It's not America versus anything else. It's Jesus Christ and the nations. And there's just one decisive victor. So back to the historic, sorry, I got distracted with my little rant there, my bad. Um, Political history, telling Jason about one of Reagan's, I think it was, maybe it was either Reagan or the first Bush, just the electoral landslide won all but one state. Who was that? Reagan. Reagan won all all but one state, something like that. 
and Jason just couldn't believe it looking at the, the way the elections turn out now. Just like, it, it, did that really happen? Yeah, that really happened. It, it was a decisive victory. It, the, the nation was very unified at that time about who they thought should be president. In this battle, in chapter 19, there will only be one victor. And there will be no casualties on the other side. It's not kind of win. It is complete decimation of those who oppose him. So here's the statement. If Jesus wins in chapter 19, all those who've trusted in him win too. Or we could say it this way. Because Jesus wins, we win. <laughs> you say, who, who, who wins in our nation over this? You can talk about the parties, you can talk about how the Senate is going, you can talk about how the House is going, you can talk about local elections and different things, you can talk about policies that are very disconcerting to me, even in our region, and some of the things that have been voted into law, and just, just how weird things are getting. And you say, I, I believe in many cases, in many instances, depending on how things are going, that just from a, a political standpoint or as a nation, that in many cases, that our nation is losing. Our nation is losing because we are a people so divided and so angry. This isn't healthy for a nation. But can I tell you, as people of God who have trusted in Jesus Christ for their salvation, if he wins like this, we win. So to us, it's not an if. No, no, it's not an if. So we say it this way. Because he wins, we win. So here's the two points. <coughs> Sorry. Here's the two points. Number one, live with hope. Live with hope. Can I tell you, I, it's, it's gotten more real for me because I have a daughter who's now a legal adult. And because of my children, I've always been aware of this. It just, and then I look at you with your children. I, I look at the Feavis with their first, the Van Lewins with their first, Imbergs with their first, I, it, just all these different other babies that have been born. It's concerning, isn't it, what's going on? Regardless of which way it goes, people are concerned. You talk about the election, yeah, it's concerning. You know what's also concerning to me? Is that there are agendas of violence in, in communities, that there are millions of babies that die, that in different states we, we are increasingly legalizing deadly drugs. You can just be carrying and it's, it's no longer a crime. And you say, I, are, are you concerned about the direction of the nation? Yeah, but I was concerned about the direction of the nation regardless of who wins this election. But I think about the song that we sang. Appreciate Brother Nate picking that that first song especially, and the second song, they both very relevant. I know who holds tomorrow. You say, am I concerned about my children? Yeah. I, am I concerned about these young ladies and these young men? Absolutely. And, and, and you should be as well. But we need to have hope, brothers and sisters. Because God's people have gone through far more difficult times 
at least up to this point in our nation, live with hope. But then as I began to think about politically and the the division in our nation and and all the anger and the uncertainty, I I started trying to bring it down to a personal level. Whatever happens with the election is going to happen. There are people who, regardless of who's the president in a week or in a month or next year when a new president is sworn in, there are people that are still dealing with loss. There are people whose hearts have still been broken. There are people who have still been betrayed. There there are spouses who are still hurting. And there are children who are still hurting. And there are people trying to escape the strongholds of addiction. And there are people who are trying to overcome failures for which they're ashamed. And there are people dealing with great sicknesses. And there are people who can think that they have been forgotten. And in some cases and in many communities, they have been forgotten. And people go by them day after day. And no one bothers to lift a finger to help. No one bothers to see how they are. And I just want to remind you, in every one of those situations, there is hope. It's not a political party. It's the Savior who's coming on a white horse. And just like he can be, just like he will be victorious in chapter 19, he can be victorious in their situations. What do you mean when you've been betrayed? There is a savior, there is a friend who sticketh closer than a brother. When you have an addiction, when you have a hurt, when you have a past failure, when you have a sorrow, when you have a sickness that you're afraid of, there is reason to be hopeful, brothers and sisters. So here's what I'm not going to do by the grace of God. I'll be concerned, I'll pray and mourn for our nation where I believe it's appropriate, but I'm not going to live with my head hanging low because I have reason to live with hope. And you ought to determine to do the same as well. I didn't say sweep things under the rug and pretend like nothing's happening and don't be aware. That's not what I'm talking about. But we have reason to be hopeful because of him. And if he, can, and if he will do the things that we read in chapter 19, then we can know what he says in John 14. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, and I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, and I forget this part, but how do we know the way? Jesus saith unto him, I'm the way, the truth, the life. Live with hope. Number two, live for then. Live for then. Hey, you know what I did? You know what I did on Tuesday? I lived for now. Because it's right. God doesn't There's a quote, some people are so heavenly minded that they're of no earthly good. You heard that? God expects us to live this life. He expects us to make the most of this life, and your approach to the political scene needs to be the same as your approach to your job and your education and different endeavors God would give you. You need to make the most of it. I'm living to make the most of this, teaching my children to make the most of this. But we also got to keep this in mind. We got to live for, we got to live for then. I'm going to live for hope. I'm going to live with hope. And I'm going to live for then. You say, how do we live for then? Okay, you ready? I know you're excited about this. You know that tract goal? You know what that is? That's living for then. You know it's a possibility even in Idaho? that you might hand out a track and tell someone about Jesus that voted for someone that you did not. And you know what can happen? They can get saved. 
And you know what? You can hand out a tract to someone who did vote for the same people that you voted for. And you know what can happen for them? They can get saved. Because who you voted for has nothing to do with your salvation. It has to do with your relationship with and your faith in Jesus Christ. And, and listen, I'm going to go ahead and deal with this. It's just kind of a pet peeve, but we need to make sure we're thinking right. Well, I just don't know how somebody that's saved could vote this way, blah, 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 blah. Hey, you just need to be glad that God made salvation easy for everybody. And there's not any name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved except for the name of Jesus Christ. Again, I got a whole lot of beliefs and a whole lot of opinions and a whole lot of passion about it. But you only get saved one way, and we better not make salvation political, hallelujah. It is through him alone. Mm-hmm. So live for then. Live for then. You know, we, we turn in the mission commitment cards. You know what we're doing? We're living for then. I'm living for now. I got guns. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't say this on a live stream. It's Idaho. Good night. I'm living for now. I like Taco Bell. I'm living for now. Baja Blast with a cheesy gordita crunch. I'm living for now, baby. <coughs> Maybe I wouldn't have this cough if I didn't eat Taco Bell. I don't know. <coughs> Sorry. But I want to live for now. Then, excuse me. And when I stand before the Lord in, in, the, in the next chapters, you know what God does? He wipes away all tears. And there's a new heaven and a new earth. And we get to participate in a joy that is beyond our ability to comprehend. So live for then. Can I encourage you, brothers and sisters, teach your children to live for then. Don't, don't let them get so entwined and so focused just on the things of earth that, that living for Jesus Christ becomes secondary to their own personal pursuits. And make sure that in your pursuit of making the most of this life that God has given you, you understand that Jesus calls us first and foremost to follow him and to live for him. And one of the chief ways we do that is to love people. So because he wins, because Jesus wins, we win. I don't know who's going to win the election. But I know who wins in the end. This is one of Brother Vi's favorite songs. He got fired up the last time we sang this, I think. Once I drifted out in sin, had no hope nor joy within, and my soul was burdened down with pride, then my Savior came along and showed me I was wrong. Now I know I'm on the winning side. From the straight and narrow way, I was drifting every day, out upon the waters deep and wide. But it all is over now. Glory light is on my brow, and my soul is on the winning side. I will never have a fear, for my Lord is ever near, and in him so often I confide. He's the keeper of my soul since I gave him full control, and he placed me on the winning side. Well, I'm on the winning side. Yes, I'm on the winning side. Out in sin, no more will I abide. I've enlisted in the fight for the cause of truth and right. Praise the Lord. I'm on the winning side. Let's all stand together.
as Miss Rebecca begins to play a song. Don't live like you're defeated. And if you are experiencing some defeat in your life, lay that part before the Savior who wins. You're on the winning side. You have Jesus Christ. Do you remember when you got saved? You know you've trusted the Lord. You're on that side. (laughs) And when he comes, you come with him. It doesn't mean we don't hurt. It doesn't mean we don't struggle. It doesn't mean we don't have challenges. But brothers and sisters, through, through every valley of sickness, through every valley of hurt, through every valley of failure, through every valley of opposition, through every valley of uncertainty, we have a good shepherd who will come back on a white horse and he loves you and will help you. So if God has spoken to your heart, you need to spend a few moments just getting your focus back on him while Miss Rebecca plays. Brother Nate sings, you respond to the Lord. this way. Thank you, Brother Nate and Miss Rebecca. Hey, let's sing that last verse and uh, that course um, for our dismissal. I like that. When he shall come with trumpet sound, oh, may I then in him be found, dressed in his righteousness alone, alone faultless to stand before the throne. Well, God bless you. Hope you have a good week. Keep serving the Lord. Keep loving people. Don't forget about the tracks. We'll look forward to a great Sunday. Again, I'll be dealing with some truth uh, about the election just from the Word of God, a biblical perspective. And just trying to help us have a biblical perspective. And then 
Um, uh, also, we'll be celebrating Veterans Day, and so thankful for that, and then having the bab- some baptisms on Sunday night, Look, Lord willing. Looking forward to having a great day in the Lord, and I hope you have a great week the rest of the week.